the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. We're involved in this series called Peace In and Peace Out. We're talking about how you and I can get the peace of God into our lives and so that peace that is in us can flow out of us to the world around us. We're learning the principles of peace from a great passage in the Bible that you're very familiar with. It's the 23rd Psalm. It's a passage that David wrote in a very difficult period of time in his own life. Just like we're going through some difficulties right now as a society, as a culture, actually as a, as a nation and the world, David faced some very clear difficulties in his life when he penned these words in the 23rd Psalm. Let me give you a little background for it. David was facing a time when his very own son, Absalom, was about to take his life. Absalom had decided that he wanted to be king in the place of his father, and so he'd set up a rebellion against his very own dad. And so because of this, David has to leave Jerusalem. He walks through the Kidron Valley, and he walks out into the wilderness. As David goes out into the wilderness, he sees things that are very familiar to him. He sees the wilderness environment. He sees sheep in a variety of places, the Bedouin shepherds taking care of their sheep. And he's reminded of some earlier days in his own life when he was the shepherd for his father Jesse's sheep. And so he remembers these moments. He's reflecting upon this as he's going through this very difficult time. And in this, he writes words that you're very familiar with. The 23rd Psalm, let me read the first three verses for you. I'll read from the NIV, and then I'll read verse 3 from the New Living Translation. The Lord is my shepherd, David says, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along right paths for his namesake. Verse 3, New Living Translation says, He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. In the midst of this difficulty, in this very stressful moment that David was experiencing in his life, he reminded himself of who God was and he reminded himself of who he was. Many times he had been the shepherd leading sheep, but now he was the sheep following a shepherd. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm not going to be needing anything because even in the midst of this difficulty, God has got me. He's protecting me. He's covering me. I'm I'm in the shelter of his hands. And he's the one that's going to guide me through. And that's what I want to talk to us about this weekend. I want us to focus for the next few moments on the guidance of God in the midst of difficult circumstances. See, when we're going through difficult circumstances, we need guidance. We need to have someone that's guiding us through, directing us through the, the difficult challenges, the stressful times of life. I'd like to share with you three things that will help us from David's words to understand how to experience the guidance of God, how to make good decisions in stressful times. The first thing that's necessary if you and I are going to make good decisions in stressful times is we have to actually value God's guidance. We have to place a high value on the guidance of Almighty God. David had been a shepherd before. He understood that shepherd, one of the, one of the responsibilities of a shepherd is to actually lead sheep forward, to guide them to good pastures, to guide them to safe places. 
And now here he is as, as a sheep, and he's understanding that God is going to do for me what I used to do for sheep under my care. He's the one that's going to guide me. And David valued the guidance of God. See, guidance is extremely important in our lives. We need a guide. You will never get to your right destination unless you know the directions to get there. You'll never make it on a journey if you don't know where you're going or don't know how to get there. And so guidance becomes a very essential part of our life, and especially during difficult periods, because when we're going through challenging times, our minds become confused and we lose focus, we lose perspective. If we're not careful, we can make very bad decisions. So why should we value God's guidance? What is that all about and how do we go about doing that? Well, the reason that we need to value God's guidance is because we have some issues in our own life. And let me give you some verses that will help us to understand some of the unique challenges that we face as human beings that should cause us to actually value God's guidance. Uh, Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 6 says this, All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. How true that is. The reason we need God's guidance is because we tend to stray. We tend to wander away from God's perspective, from God's word, from God's will for our lives. And it's especially true during times of difficulty. And then in Proverbs 14, verse 12, a very powerful verse. It says, there is a path. There's a, there's a road, we might say, a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. You know, sometimes you can seem to be on the right path and you think and have convinced yourself that you're on the right path, but actually you're on the wrong path. Because we tend to have self-deception and especially in difficult times, we tend to make decisions that are very clouded and we might think that we're doing the right thing, but in essence we're not. And then in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, Jesus gave us these words about guidance, about being on the right road, about valuing God's pathway. Enter through the narrow gate, Jesus says, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Jesus said you've got to be aware that in the world there's this pathway that lots of folks are taking. Everybody's going down this road. It's a big, wide, beautiful road, and there's a lot of people on it. And if we're not careful, we'll get on that road and head down a pathway, but we don't realize it's actually taking us to a place that is destructive. And Jesus says there's another pathway. It's narrow, and there's not a lot of people on it, but that's the road that I want you to take. It's the road that will lead you to life, the road that will lead you to the right place, to the right destiny, to the right direction for your life. So you and I need to value you the guidance of God. It's a tremendous thing. David throughout his life learned to value the guidance of God. Let me give you a couple of examples of this. He learned to value God's guidance when he was going through battles at times. In fact, if you'll look in your Bibles at 2 Samuel chapter 5 sometime this week, you'll read some verses there. You'll find that David was facing a big battle with the Philistines one time, and he didn't know what to do. And so the Bible says that David, when the Philistines were coming up against him, David goes to God and he asks God the question, should I go out to fight the, the Philistines? And there in that moment, he was not taking his own will. He was submitting his will to the will of God. He was asking for the guidance of God. And God speaks and says, yes, go out and fight them. And he wins the battle. And not very long after that, there's a second situation where where the Philistines come against David again. And David goes back to God again and says, God, what do you want me to do? So you would think that David would have presumed that God had answered him the first time and he would simply apply God's answer the first time to the second situation. But no, David didn't do that. He valued the guidance of God. And actually the second time God said, no, don't go and fight them. I'm actually going to fight the battle for you. What are we saying here? We're saying that you and I need to value God's input into our lives. You and I need to value the guidance of God. 
David learned this through some mistakes in his life as well. There was a time that David actually made a decision to take a census of all of Israel and to figure out how many fighting men that he had. It was contrary to what God wanted him to do. And so he didn't, he did not inquire of God. He did, did not ask God's permission or direction for that situation. And because he did not seek the guidance of God, there was a terrible plague that broke out in Israel because of the mistake that he made. David learned to value the guidance of God. And when he's in the wilderness, when he's going through this valley of the shadow of death, David says, as I get through this, I've got to have the guidance of God. I will never get to the other side without valuing God's guidance. So the second thing that you and I learn about making good decisions, first of all, we value God's guidance. We want it in our lives. Then number two, we have to be guidable. You're never going to be guided unless you're guidable. And a guidable person is someone who is easily directed. They're, they're actually ready to be led. They're not, they're not resistant. They're not rebellious. They're not contrary. They're not hard to deal with. And so you and I need to have a spirit that is, that is able to be guided by God. David understood this from sheep. Some sheep were cooperative when he would lead them as a, as a shepherd, and some were resistant and rebellious. And of course, the cooperative ones were the ones that found the greatest blessing. And, and sometimes it was the rebellious, resistant ones that got themselves into trouble. And so David is wanting to be a guidable sheep. The Lord is my shepherd. What he was saying is, I want to come under the leadership of God. So you and I need to be, we need to be guidable. What does a guidable person look like? Let me just give you some characteristics. If you're going to be guidable, here's some things that have to be a part of your life. You'll never be guidable unless these things are in your life. You have to be humble. You can't have arrogance about your life. You can't think that you always know what's best for your life. You can't approach things from a prideful perspective. The Bible says that God resists the proud, but He gives grace, He gives guidance to the humble. And so you and I come to God humbly, acknowledging that we don't always know what's best. We don't know what's right. And so we're looking to Him as our God. We're submitting ourselves to His wisdom. So humility is so vital in being a guidable person. You also have to be teachable because many of the lessons that you are to learn in life from God will, will never be learned if you're, not, if you're not teachable, if you're not really allowing God to be your instructor. And so, see, part of learning how to follow God is not just in, in a one-time event. It's listening to Him over time, allowing Him to teach you His principles and His ways. And you have to be attentive. See, God wants to speak to you each day of your life as you're walking through different difficult things or challenging moments or decisions that you have to make. You have to tune your ear to the heart of God and tune your ear to the Word of God. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. But you have to be attentive. You have to be faithful in doing the things that He's asked you to do right now. God's not going to guide you into something greater, something different until you're doing what you're, you've been asked to do right now faithfully. And you have to be patient because God speaks. Yes, He does. He guides us. But sometimes part of that guiding process is learning to wait. We can't be impatient with God because when we're impatient with Him, we many times will miss the very thing that He's wanting to do in our lives and the direction that He's wanting to give us. So it's extremely important to be a guidable person. You will never make good decisions unless you're guidable, teachable, humble, attentive, that you're faithful, that you're patient with God. Listen to these verses. Psalm 25, verse 9. He, God, leads the humble. Notice who does He lead? He leads those that are humble. He leads the humble in what is right, teaching them His way. So here's the key. If you want to be led the right way and led into what is good and to be taught by God, you have to be humble. Psalm 32, 8, 9. The Lord says, so who says it? God says it. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I like that. It's a promise to us. But then He adds this condition in verse number 9. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. That is, God says, I want to guide you, but you don't need to be like a, a stubborn mule or resistant to me. You've got to be 
pliable and responsive. Proverbs 23, 19 says, My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. So again, we see that God is calling us to be guidable. The final thing I'd like to talk to you about today is if you're going to be guided to good decisions, make good decisions in your life, especially in difficult moments or actually in any moment of your life, you have to learn to trust God's navigation system. God has a navigation system and good guidance always requires having the right information. You can't, you can't make it to a destination if you have the wrong information. If I'm trying to get to a particular city and I, and I ask someone that's never been there and doesn't know how to get there for directions, they may give me directions, but I can't really trust them because they don't know where they're going. They have no idea. And so here's the key. Directions are only as good as the source giving them. If you don't have a good source, then obviously you're not going to have good directions. And the more confidence that you have in the source of guidance for your life, the more peace you're going to have in the journey. As long as you know that I've got the right directions and I'm staying on the right directions, then you can enjoy the journey. If you're unsure about the directions, you will not enjoy the journey. I remember the first time many years ago that uh, I was exposed to a GPS system. I was renting a car and they said, well, sort of, would you like to try this GPS system? I've never tried it before. It's been the early days of this. And I remember hooking the thing up in the car. I was in a city that I was not familiar with. And it starts talking to me about the directions I'm, I'm supposed to take. And I, I remember the struggle that I had just to listen to that directional system because it didn't make sense to me many times. But I found out that it actually works. It actually got me to where I needed to be. And over a period of time, I think all of us now, when you get ready to go to an unfamiliar place, what do you do? You pull out your phone. You pull out of a na- navigational system. You trust the guidance. Why? Because you've learned that they know how to get you there. Now, there are obviously certain times that the systems make mistakes, but overall it works well in terms of uh, the physical aspect of giving us a, a, a direction for a journey. But here's what I want you to know today. God's navigation system can be completely trusted all the time. If you want to know how to get somewhere, if you want to know how to get to one pl- any place in life, God's system always works. It's better than GPS. It gets you there every time. Now, what does God's navigation system look like? For many of us, our navigation systems, it might look like something like this on our, in our cars or when we're going somewhere, walking down a street somewhere. But God's navigation system looks like something also. And let me draw your attention to the ways that God will guide you. Something that David learned in his wilderness journey as well. There are several things. Actually, I'll give you five things that God uses to guide you in your life. Number one, never get past this. The number one way that God will guide you is by his word. God has given us his precious word and God will always speak consistent with his word. David was a man of God's word. He believed that guidance was found in the word of God. I believe that as well. The same should be true for you. It's essential then if you believe that guidance comes from God's word, it's essential that you know God's word. If you don't know it, you might believe that guidance is there. But if you don't know it, if you're not aware of what the guidance is, if you don't dive into the book and understand it, you'll never have it available for you. And notice what David said in Psalm 119, verse 98, about the word of God and the guidance that it brings. He says, your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. David says the commands of God are the constant guide for me. I don't have to pray whether the commands are right or not. I know that they're right. I trust them. I know that you'll get me where I need to be as long as I'm consistent with your word. So you've got to get into the word. You've got to apply God's word to your life. You've got to say, this is my pathway on my journey. Many, many times in my own life, as I've been praying about something, trying to determine the right thing to do, it's this word that gets me where I need to be. I'll find a scripture passage that'll give me exactly what I need for the moment. I'm sure that many of you have had that experience as well. The second thing is the Holy Spirit. Now, 
let me talk about this for a moment, because many people have the wrong concept of the Holy Spirit. If you're not careful, you can get kind of weird and mis- mysterious about it. And this is not the way the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit works in a way that He takes the Word and He makes it alive to us in the moments where we need to make a decision so that we'll have an understanding of the right thing to do. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. He's the author of this book called the Bible. And so He helps you to understand how to apply the Bible in your life, how to apply it in decisions that you're making in your journey. And so it's important for us to live a life where we're seeking the fullness of the Spirit of God and learning to listen to that voice of the Holy Spirit at work inside of us. The Holy Spirit is an internal guidance system from God in your life. He will help point you to what is right and what is wrong. Philippians 2.13, for God is at work within you, helping you want to obey Him and then helping you to do what He wants. Notice that God is at work. That's the Holy Spirit. And He he helps you to obey Him and then He helps you to do what He wants. He gets you on the right track. The third thing that God will use in your life to guide you is wise people. God uses wise, godly people in our lives to help us make good decisions. Good decisions are the result of good counsel. Proverbs 19 verse 20 says, take good counsel and accept correction. That's the way to live wisely and well. And then number four, God uses sovereign circumstances. I'm glad that our God is a sovereign God, that God works in ways that many times we don't even understand. We can't figure it out. He's working in the background of our life. I love the, the book of Esther. In the book of Esther, although God's name is never mentioned, you see the sovereign working of God in Esther's life and Mordecai's life and the amazing story. I would encourage you to read it there perhaps this week as well and see how God sovereignly works. God sovereignly opens doors and God sovereignly closes doors. God does does things for us. He brings things to our lives that we didn't even know about or plan on because He's at work in our life to will and do of His good pleasure. Psalm 75 verse 6, the Living Bible says, For promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and deposes another. He's the one that can lift you up. He's the one that can open up opportunities for you that you could never open for yourself. And then number five, are you ready for this one? This is so important. A lot of people miss this one. How does God guide you? Here it is. He uses what I would call sanctified common sense. You know, God gave you a brain. A lot of people don't realize that your brain is a part of your functioning. Your brain is something that God wants to use. He wants you to make good decisions with good common sense. Common sense, if you go to the top of a building, uh, common sense says there's something called gravity here. You don't have to pray about whether you want to jump off the building or not. You have common sense that says don't do that. Okay, And so this is the common sense that we often check, we push aside. And God sometimes uses your common sense to help you to be guided in the right way in life. Proverbs 13, 16 says, wise people think before they act. Notice that word, they think. How much thinking do you do? Wise people think before they act. Fools don't and even brag about their foolishness. God's guidance system in your life is a navigational system that will get you where you need to be if you will work through it. Don't let your feelings be your guide. Let God be your guide. I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with as well. They, they, they think that I'm going to do what I feel. I feel it in my heart to do this. Well, please remember that just because you feel something in your heart doesn't make it right. What makes it right is by following the pathway of God's navigational system. Let me mention one more thing before we conclude today. In the midst of going through life and making decisions, I'm going to give you a very straightforward uh, statement today. You're going, to make, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Everybody does. Nobody will ever <clears throat> make, a, make, make the right decisions every time and every part of their life. It's, you just, it's not going to happen. 
The Bible, in fact, says in 1 Corinthians 13 that we see through a glass darkly. And so until we come into the presence of Jesus, we're always going to struggle with a dimension of imperfection. But I will tell you this, if you're sincere in trying to follow God, if you're sincere in a, a, about trying to understand his guidance, even when you make mistakes, God can take those mistakes and turn them around for good, not to intentionally make mistakes, but to realize that even in the midst of them, God can redeem them and restore you and move you forward with your life. So don't live afraid of making, the, making bad mistakes, bad decisions, but live in the confidence that you're going to have the right attitude toward God and try to follow his guidance system. And as you do, knowing that he's in control of your life. Value God's guidance. David did. The Lord is my shepherd. Be guidable. Have a teachable spirit about you, a humble spirit about you. And then learn something about God's navigation system. And I promise you that whatever you go through in life, whatever you're facing in life, you will get where you need to be. You'll get to that place that God has planned for you. Would you join me as we pray together? Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have today to study your word. We're grateful for the word of God. We thank you, thank you that you're our shepherd and that you guide us, Lord. You help us to make good decisions. And I pray that uh, the decisions that are being made by people who are watching today, I pray that you'll help them to, to use your navigation system, God, not to, not to yield to their own way of thinking, but Lord, to revert to your way of thinking, to turn to you, God, in the midst of whatever decisions they're making. And we ask you to give guidance and wisdom. We trust you for this in Jesus' name. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word and make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.